Welcome to the official podcast for Shepherd University Athletics, and we're coming at you with that big horn energy. It's time for Beyond the Horns. Let's go. Welcome into episode 17 of Beyond the Horns. Got an exciting show for you all today, so thank you for listening. Here later on, we're going to talk to Chuck Walters, the head men's and women's cross-country coach here at Shepherd. That's right, I said cross-country. Surprise, we have cross-country again at Shepherd. But before we get Chuck in here and talk to him about uh, you know starting this program, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to call it new, I guess, even though it's not. Starting this new program um, and everything that goes along with that, uh, we have to do our housekeeping items. And uh, you know, before we even get to housekeeping, I have to introduce the co-host since the beginning of time for Beyond the Horns <laughs> since episode one. His name is Carlos Calderon. Carlos, how you doing, man? I'm alive and well, man. I, I can't complain. Another week of work. Kind of excited. We actually, you know, start uh, testing our student athletes. We're starting to get back in the swing of things. There's a lot of cars in the parking lots here on campus, so. There's a little bit of energy in the air. You can you feel it? Yeah, I mean that was the first thing I noticed too. Pulling, you know, coming over the little hill behind the butcher center where we get to our athletics parking lot, and um, you know, I was I was pretty used used to those last couple months of no cars except for whatever administrators or coaches were here, and uh, and today it was wow, that's a lot of vehicles. So mm-hmm. that's a good thing though. Yeah, and like you said, we're starting to test today here in a little bit. So uh, how you feeling about that? Good, man. I mean, it's necessary. Everyone's doing it across the country. I mean, sometimes, like we talked about before, it feels like it's only us, but, you know, it's not everyone's going through this, so it's completely necessary. Um, and, you know, we, we got to do things the right way. We got to keep everyone safe. So, um, you know, the most important thing is getting the athletes out there so they can compete. So, you know, this is part of the process now, man. We just got to get used to it. Do what we got to do yep. to let them get out there and to collect some dubs and some rings yeah. and their degrees. Yeah, man. And classes are starting up soon, yeah. too, and that's going to be exciting, man. But, you know, aside from that, I want to jump into some NFL action from uh, this past weekend. Kind got of, to, kind man. Kind of a crazy weekend, man. I can't we, even lie to you. We've got to because uh, it's playoffs. Yeah. You know, divisional round is over, down to the last four teams. My team happens to be one of them for the <laughs> third straight year. Uh, anyway, sorry. God bless I, you, Chad. I had God to. Bless you. Anything is possible, man. Any, Hashtag okay. anything. You know, there's already. I saw on, on Twitter today. There's already some billboards put up around Kansas City with that hashtag. And uh, oh. I forgot to show you the picture before we hit record. But there's one of like the side of one of the skyscrapers downtown. Has this big old billboard of like him diving for the first down. Uh, that got me fired up. Yeah, that or, got me fired. Up. Even though he was short, but yeah. Yeah, man. So good week, like good weekend. I would say of of games. You know, I think all the games were pretty good. Yeah. Saw yeah. Uh, Drew Brees and Brady kind of duel it out. Perhaps yep. the last time I've ever seen um, them play each other, or maybe even seeing Brees on the field in general. Yeah, man. He's got a contract um, to get up in the booth and do some announcing, so he's already got something lined up. Yeah. I saw there was a video that came out, and I thought it was pretty cool. Tom Brady came out after the mm-hmm. game to meet Drew. Drew had his kids with him, and one of his kids gave Brady a ball, ran to the to the end zone, and Brady threw a perfect dime right to him. Oh yeah, that was like the <laughs> like the like back end zone fade, like the corner yep. fade. Yeah. yeah, one more catch to Michael Thomas. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> hilarious. Um, yeah, dude, I, I saw that video. I know what you're talking about. That was cool. Kind of shows like the human aspect, like the sportsmanship aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, man, sucks to sucks for Breeze, man. If he's done because his last play was that was that pick. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that would always be a sour way in my mind to go out on a, on an interception, but right, it is what it is. Yeah, and then um, you know the Ravens only put up three points. I was kind of happy because they beat the Titans the week before. They were talking that mess. Now they got what they deserve. They're going home. They got vacation plans and travel destinations lined up, so I'm happy about that. And then the Packers, man, they look pretty good. I can't even lie. Yeah, Pat, Packers are going to be tough. Bills are, Bills looked pretty good. I mean, yeah. that game was... Considering. Eh, yeah. Yeah, we, we can't talk too much smack around the Raven, about the Ravens around here, but um, yeah. you know, there was definitely some people who were happy to see that happen. For sure. Um, For sure. And then, uh, you know, my... My heart was taken out of me for a little bit in my game. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see how quickly he can get back on the field. And, like, because there's a lot of factors, obviously. What kind of protocols do you have to pass to get back on the field? How bad was the concussion? There's a lot of different things going on. So I'm excited to 
kind of see how that process works out. And I, I know you're going to be sweating until the news comes out. Excited is not the word that I would use. By the way, we're talking about Patrick Mahomes um, and his little injury. But, oh, boy. Um, yeah, I don't know if excited would be the word that I would use. I think what hurts me is, like, it's not up to him or the team, right? Exactly. So he could feel fine, but if some – now, I'm not criticizing the protocols. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I promise. But if some doctor somewhere is like, you know, this looks a little bit different to me than what I think it should be, you're telling me that an entire franchise is punished because of that? And again, player safety comes first um, with the protocols, but to me it's kind of like, wow, I don't know how, how I feel about uh, the season being put in the hands of essentially a doctor. Now, if the test's coming back and they're bad, then yeah, by all means, keep him out. He doesn't need to be playing. Player safety is more important. But I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to sit here and say it makes me feel a little uneasy that, you know, it's, there's nothing he can, there's nothing anybody can do about it. It's just. However, this doctor chooses to read chooses to read the test, so right. yeah. uh, that scares me a little bit. But hey, it is what it is, man. Yeah, man. Excited for for those two games, and then we're gonna see who's going to the Super Bowl. Like I, I mean, I told you at the beginning of the year, I thought the Chiefs were gonna win it again, but with this little Mahomes concussion thing going on, it's uh, yeah. I, I'm a little worried, but I still stand firm on that. Yeah, I mean. I've seen a lot of Bills fans praying that he doesn't play, and I'm like, while I understand it, I really do. The other hand is like, don't wouldn't you want Mahomes to play, to play and beat him so that because like if if he doesn't play and like Chad Henney is the starting quarterback, and you and the Bills are going to win that game probably. Yeah. Like, no, and like let's say you lose the Super Bowl to the Packers. Well, sure you made it to the Super Bowl, but someone could say you didn't have to play the the best, really, the, yeah, the best team. Like, you, the yeah, you didn't have to go burn. through anybody. Now, yeah. uh, like if, if the Browns had won, like, fair and square, then that, you know, doesn't really apply. But right. I would, if I was a Bills fan, I'd be kind of torn because I'd be like, well, I want to I want to beat the best so I can be the best. Right. But, uh, but yeah, man, NFL action was fun. Uh, three games were fun for me. One game was not fun. Uh, they never <laughs> are. There was, a, you know, some choice words said in my household. <laughs> but, you know, hey, it is what it is. So, anyways, man. Good NFL action. Looking forward to this Sunday to see the, the rest of it, man. I just like seeing sports. I like seeing football on TV. But um, absolutely, points of clarity, man. Let's let's go ahead and move this along a little bit. Chuck's outside pacing. He's waiting to come in here. I know it. I can see his shadow. So <laughs> actually, um, he's probably running back. He's point. yeah. He's running. <laughs> he's running. So let's let's get the points of clarity, man. You got anything? Yeah. So um, I noticed this happen has happened to me a few times like throughout my life, and it's actually kind of embarrassing. And my dad does it really often. A lot of times, like, if we go to a yard sale or anything where there's negotiation going on and there's someone else, him and I know Spanish. So Mm. if he wants to tell me something and the other person not to hear it, he'll say it in Spanish, which I think is really offensive, honestly. No, that's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, it's. I think it's super offensive. I mean, I get it. He's, you know, not trying to show his hand, but I'm like, dude, like, that's, that's not how you do things. So... I guess my point of clarity is if you do know another language, don't rattle off a bunch of stuff and make it seem like it's a secret because that's just offensive. Man. It's, it's a gray true. area. I, I guess it's um, it all depends. Like there's times when you can use it and there's times where you just need to like keep that in your bag. But, <laughs> but you know, that's just the way it is. What you got, man? What's your um, okay, so mine, mine actually goes back to the NFL talk um, because... I know I'm a fan of the Chiefs, and then they played this weekend, and there's a lot of emotion. But I noticed something that happened this weekend especially, but always happens with every fan base to a certain degree. And it's kind of my point. So in that Chiefs-Browns game, right before the second, right before halftime, the Browns were driving. I don't know if you watched the game, Carlos, but I did. Rashard Higgins <laughs> was diving for a touchdown, got hit, fumbled it out of the back of the end zone, touchback, Chiefs ball, kind of changed the game at that point. Yeah. Um, everything with like that is the rule whether you think it's dumb or not which a lot of people do including myself it's kind of dumb to like lose the ball that way and it goes the other team mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm torn in this case I was happy but I, it's happened against me before right. or like my team so I, I get it put that aside you know a lot of the a lot of the talk from Browns fans and Twitter the Twitterverse which Twitter is awesome and terrible at the same time let's That's why like, I like take it. a quick time out real That's quick why I like Twitter it. is like amazing <laughs> and also like just the worst place you could ever be because people are terrible okay back into my point um, so it looked like there was a lot of like helmet to helmet content or content contact on that hit correct mm-hmm. so everyone's complaining well should have been a penalty should have never happened change the game okay whatever 
even if that's true, which you could make an argument like Rashard Higgins put his helmet down too. Now I know it's whoever makes contact, right, initiates, whatever. I get it. Okay, let's even if that is true, which it should is, probably should have been a penalty. One play very rarely impacts an entire game. Right. So, like, in Cleveland Browns' Twitter, social media sphere right now, that play lost them the the game. Right. It wasn't all the other things that right. Exactly. So, okay, long road to a short thought for my point of clarity is, like, don't be that fan who thinks that one play changes the outcome of the game. Because yeah. it doesn't. Because you that was with, what, what, a minute, a little over a minute, maybe a minute and a half left in the second quarter? Mm-hmm. If that was the last play of the game, maybe. Right. But you had a whole half, including a half without Patrick Mahomes, essentially. Right. With Chad Henney. <laughs> Chad, Chad Henney is the quarterback, and you <laughs> still couldn't win. So I'm just saying, uh, my point of clarity is don't be that fan. I know people's emotions are high. I mean, Cleveland, look, you had a great year. No one expected you to win a playoff game. You probably couldn't beat the the Steelers again. Like if you played that game ten times, you're probably only winning what two of those. So just be happy with what happens, right? And move on. But that bothered me. I mean, what are your thoughts? Am I crazy or what? No, man, I totally agree. I can't say that I haven't been that fan before. Oh, we but... all have. We all have. I <laughs> but, have been. Uh, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, they they had plenty of chances to win the game, especially without uh without my homeboy, but. Uh, another side note: When you said anything is possible earlier, I was I thought you were talking about J.R. Smith for some reason. <laughs> I do love me some J.R. Smith. Don't get me wrong. But anyways, yeah, man, I I totally agree with you on that. So it's just come on, don't be that fan. Yeah. Like, don't be the ref. The refs have a conspiracy against us, fan. Just don't be that person. That's my point. Just try. we all have been there. We all will be there. You will be there again, Ram Nation listener who's listening right now. When your team that happens, to your team. I guarantee you, no one's blaming you for that. But just, you know, hey, try to see it through more objective glasses and people will respect you more. Yep. All right, quote time, man. Quote of the week real quick, and then we'll get Chuck in here. So what you got? All right, man. So the quote is, no work is insignificant. All labor that uplifts humanity has dignity and importance and should be undertaken with painstaking excellence. And that is by Martin Luther King Jr. Really? Yeah. So, but it fits perfectly this week. Yeah. Martin Luther King Day was Monday, and, um, you know, I thought I could find something that was, you know, kind of inspirational from him. But, you know, the the piece in that quote that, that I really like is, all labor that uplifts humanity has dignity and importance. And I think there's a lot of truth to that, for sure. I mean, yeah, and, and every, every, every job is important, right? That's kind of exactly. what I took for, like, a very simplistic way to take from that. It's like everyone's job that you do is important in some way. Yeah. Now, I mean, you. I don't think there's any saying, like, there are some jobs that are more important than others, right? Like, I feel like that's fair. Right. Like, a doctor is infinitely more important than anything I will ever do, in my opinion. Yeah. So, th- that there is a scale there. But, you know, what we do, if we're going to stick to this example, like, what we do on a day-to-day basis is we touch people's lives. Mm-hmm. Give people entertainment, a, a place to escape. Right. You know, sports is an escape for a lot of people. That same doctor who's saving lives during the week, man, he might come to a Shepherd game on Saturday and just need to chill and recharge his batteries and not think about that and just watch some football and have a good time. Well, we're responsible for putting that game on. Right. You know, our coaches are responsible for, you know, putting the team together, getting them on the field in a competent way, but yeah. also steering the lives of the student-athletes to become the doctor one day. Exactly. So everything fits together, I guess is my point, as, a, as like a puzzle, right? I mean, is that is that what you take from that quote too? Yeah, I mean... I try to look at, you know, all the little things that we do throughout the day, you know, they may seem insignificant, but they are all part of a greater puzzle that, you know, makes up this athletic department. And, you know, let's just say we have like a football game when we have that thing packed and we have those fans like screaming at the top of their lungs and everything goes right. There's no better feeling than knowing like we did a good job. Everyone had a good time and they're definitely coming back. And now I want to go to sleep because I've been here since four in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So everything counts. It's kind of the overarching, man. Like nothing is point. Nothing is well. I was gonna say pointless. There are some things that are maybe pointless, <laughs> but nothing is worthless, right? Like you can, if you take advantage of every moment, of every situation, of every interaction, it'll build to something, something good. Absolutely, man. Quarter of the week always gets me all like fired up and stuff. <laughs> like I'm ready to go. Like let me sit with Socrates and let me just like spew some of the stuff that I've learned on quotes of the week, man, <laughs> and see what he says. Um, great quote, as always. Good stuff. What else you got, man, before we go uh, finally open this door and let Chuck in here to uh, to learn more about him? You got anything? 
I think we're good, man. Let's let him in. All right, we're going to take a quick break, quick commercial here, um, get him in here, get him settled. And when we get back, we're going to talk to Chuck Walters about the cross-country program here at Shepherd, as well as learn a little bit more about him, his life, his coaching uh, path, if you will, and, uh, and just you know have a little bit of fun. So we'll be back soon. Ram Nation, gear up with the latest styles at ShepherdRamsTeamShop.com, the official online team store for Shepherd Athletics. Help support your Rams by purchasing gear for every member in your crew at ShepherdRamsTeamShop.com. Again, that's ShepherdRamsTeamShop.com. Welcome back to episode 17 of Beyond the Horns. Our special guest is here. We finally let him in. He was out in the hallway walking around or running around, and uh, and we figured it was about time to let him in and, and hop on the show. We are here with Chuck Walters, the head men's and women's cross-country coach. Um, Chuck, how you doing, man? I'm great, guys. Uh, it's good to be here. You know, I'm glad I'm able to get on the podcast. I wouldn't say finally. You know, I wasn't banging at the door. Well, maybe I was, but... Um, <laughs> You know, hearing all the other podcasts, I figured it would be a great opportunity to get on here and you know talk to you guys and see what's see what's going on. Yeah, so that that was kind of you know we wanted to get you on here. Two new programs, um, you know, you get to kind of work on the foundations of that. So we kind of wanted to give Ram Nation a little bit of background about you, and then just kind of give them a peek behind the curtain, if you will, into you know what you got going on with the programs, how everything's going thus far. So that's kind of the goal of this. Yeah, I feel like this is a unique, or you'll be a unique guest because, you know, the only other guest I can actually really think would be maybe Macy, way back, yeah. episode three or something, when because, you know, she was a, a new addition to the mm-hmm. staff and kind of getting her perspective was unique. But since then, you know, we've, we've talked to, like, you know, baseball, these, these established programs, right, who have been here, who have never left. But cross-country is kind of unique because we used to have it, then we didn't, now we have it again, so it's kind of exciting, and I, and I know from speaking to several people in the community, you know, cross-country, the running community in this area is pretty big, and a lot of people, that was one of the questions I got the most my first year here, when are we, on, when are we getting cross-country back? When are we getting that back? And so now it's actually here, so I think this will be a pretty unique episode to just kind of get your thoughts um, about that, but also we want to know about you, man. What makes Chuck Walters Chuck? That's what I want to know. <laughs> what makes him tick? Uh, and also, I will say, I think I think I mentioned this on last week's pod about coaches lining up to want to be on this thing, right? Mm-hmm. I will say, you know, you Chuck's like, hey man, can I be on this pod? Is that cool? But like, you weren't you weren't like kicking the door down or like sending Carlos emails all the time. You were just kind of like, hey man, if you got an opening, I'll be on. So we appreciate that. Yeah, yeah man. Are fun. you nervous? Before we go, and are you nervous? Are you ready to go? But let's get into it. Why not? He said, let's get into let's it. Go. Okay. <laughs> First question is mine. Uh, it's a question that we ask everybody. If you listen to the pod before, you've heard this one a million times. But I want to know about you, kind of where you're from originally. Can you give us a little bit of background on, on where you're from? So I'm from a very small town in Pennsylvania called Imler, Pennsylvania. If I use the actual town, nobody's going to know where that is. So it's probably about a half an hour south of Altoona, uh, PA. If you have to you know, broaden your scope there, it's about an hour south of State College. Mm-hmm. Um, Pretty small town. The schools are small. Everything's local. Just a nice, quiet area out in the country. What um What high school did you guys do? I went to uh, Chestnut Ridge High School. It's a very small. It's probably about. I think my graduating class was like one fifty, but it was one of those. It's one of those areas where like you know everybody. Mm-hmm. You may not like everybody, but you know everybody, and you know everybody. You know at least has a lot of respect for that and what everybody does. Yeah, I went to Southern Fulton. Okay, same district. Yep, and same district. You guys were even smaller than us. Yeah, we had, <laughs> we had, <laughs> we had, uh, I know my graduating class had 53 people. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've been to Southern Fulton. Well, I drive past there all the time when I'm going home. Yep. And coming back. We yeah. play zoo and everything. Yep. Pretty much. Yes, we do. Which we is pretty a, cool. We got a lot of people from like small town Pennsylvania on here, yeah, don't we? man. It's cool because like we have a bunch of people in here from small like areas and stuff. So we all kind of understand each other. Is that what it is? Yeah, we, so. we do. You, you, you guys have a bond because you went to, like, small high schools in the same district. You guys nowhere, know, yeah. you know, like, the rivalries. You know the same. Mm-hmm. You, like, know what schools you all played. I was going to say, I didn't, we didn't hate Southern Fulton. We, we weren't that close to yeah. them. We, Darn. Yeah, we hated this school called Tussie Mountain. That was, I don't think that was the people like we them. hated. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> they were hated by everyone. They this were. is becoming, an, <laughs> this is an alliance. I was hoping for it to be, like, rival schools. So you guys were like, okay, we're going to arm wrestle. <laughs> to decide. If... 
How do I want to say this? Because I don't know. Did you guys have a cross country team? We got one later on. Okay, like, so I don't as I was think. Leaving. And when was that? I don't. I, I don't want to say it was two thousand nine. Okay, so no, I graduated in 08. Yeah. So I don't. I don't remember running against you guys. Track and field was a different story. Yeah. We, we kind were, of. I I ran track everybody. and field, my freshman and sophomore year. So were I you at, that, Were you ever at the Berkeley Invitational? Where was that? Berkeley Springs, West Virginia. So no, no, we went. We never went down that way. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. But I probably did compete against you. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I, we had to. Have. We There's we no had, way had to have competed against each other. There's no way. I want to see event, film. Right? I want to see film so bad. First of all, I want to see Carlos running. That would be one. <laughs> but two, I want to see Carlos get smoked, which would almost certainly happen with you. So there you go. That's what I want to see. It depends yeah. on the distance. Are you just going to take this abuse on the pod? Man, I'm not recording right lie. now. I, I am not the best runner. We're recording right now. <laughs> Ram Nation. Carlos is a fine runner. Thank you. <laughs> I am not. Um, okay, that's cool, man, that you guys kind of know a little bit. You have roots in the same the same kind of mm-hmm. place. But, mm-hmm. you know, what, Chuck, what do you do growing up, man? In a small town, like, what do you do for fun? Did you run? Is that all you did? Do you have other Honestly, stuff going on? I had no idea cross country or track and field even was a sport or anything until I got to high school. So that was never in my mind for, like, the first 15 years of my life. I was always an outdoor person now. You know, neighbors in the, the area, we just go out and play sports all day. It was one of those... You get done with your... Because everybody had chores. Our parents were... You get the chores done first. Didn't even know I hated them. But we would get those done first, and then we'd just play the rest of the day. I usually got in trouble more for not coming in by dinner time, or like when the sun went down. Gotcha. We don't... I can't really say street lights because we don't really have those, but... <laughs> Moonlight. That's true. <laughs> Moonlight. We so, what were, I mean, what did you play, man? Were you like a wiffle ball giant? Were you wiffle knocking balls, down threes in street ball? I mean, what was it? Kind of... Well, Kind of all those, I guess. Yeah. We, we played wiffle ball a lot, broke a lot of wiffle balls, you know, trying not to hit too many windows. Um, <laughs> basketball, football, there was a baseball field park right across the road from where I live, so we'd go up there all the time. I played like, I played a little bit of football growing up, clearly not as much because I'm pretty small. I was going to say middle linebacker. <laughs> Center. Center, Center. 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 <laughs> Played a little bit of that, played... Uh, some basketball, but usually I played baseball throughout the summer up until I got to high school, um, which was which was fun. But then I was like, yeah, I kind of gave up on that once I got into cross country and track and field when I got into high school. So that was that was the only uh, sport you participated in was just you know track and cross country. Once you got to high school, once then... I got to high school, yeah. Gotcha. So I actually, if I could tell a story about that, it's going to make me sound foolish. But in eighth grade, I think I remember. Some people saying about, like, hey, you're going to join cross-country? Because I was a distance runner in eighth-grade track. Um, never knew about cross-country, and someone was like, cross-country? You're going to do it because you're a distance guy. And I was like, does that mean we actually get to run across the country? Because that would be cool. <laughs> uh, totally wasn't like that. But that that was the initial piece in my brain of, like, hey, I get to do this kind of stuff? Like, oh, Wait, are you talking, like, Force Gump style? Where yeah. it just, like, takes off and goes? Sure, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how far that was going to be, but... <laughs> I was I was a little disappointed. It was three miles, but I was like, it's so fun. <laughs> I was a, li- <laughs> a, little a little disappointed. You're like, I wanted to see what New Mexico looked like running through it. One day, one day. Yeah, man. Hey, maybe yeah. I'm sure that race exists, right? Yeah, maybe they're, in some form. They do. They do all sorts of things where people run. Like I've seen people run across Canada. I'm like, I don't know why you want to do that. But yeah, now I'm good. It's too cold. Yeah, probably ten months out of the year, but <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't do that. But yeah, it would be nice to go different places and. And race and, mm-hmm. and run. Hey man, to each their own, but I like these things called cars and planes. <laughs> Personally, this is Andy's take. Oh, I'm gonna hop on a plane. I'm certainly driver fly over there. <laughs> Once I'm there. Like if I'm in Canada, man, just I'm flying. I'm good. You know, we'll see. I'll, I'll wave at you from the plane. That's good. So, um, you know, in high school, track, cross country. Whenever you graduated, did you run anywhere else? Did you ever go to college and run? So I went to Geneva College, which is north of about half an hour north of Pittsburgh. Okay. It's a pretty small Division three school. Um, I was initially not going to run in college. I was honestly so burnt out after high school. Yeah. Maybe it was the way I, that I was trained and everything. I was just mentally, physically, I, I was just done. Too many miles on the tires. Probably not, but I think <laughs> it, I, I don't know. Going back, thinking about the way I was trained, it didn't seem like it matched the way it was supposed to. Gotcha. I'm not blaming anybody, but it. It didn't, it just burned me out. Right. And I didn't enjoy it anymore. So, you know, about halfway through the summer, because I was talking to the coaches and they weren't really pressuring me or anything. 
And of course, it's D three, so they can't really you're not going to off get offered any athletic scholarships or anything. But you know, he kept touch kept in touch with me about like if you want to do it, you know, obviously there's a spot. Like right. you know, you go by how you feel. And I took about two months off, and then I realized like oh, maybe I want to do this. Maybe it's an opportunity that I need to take so I don't miss it. So I decided you know to go ahead and do that. So for the first month or so, I mean the whole first season I wasn't running you know as much as everybody else which I actually appreciated the most mm-hmm. was because I was being coached to where I was, like what my level of fitness was, not everybody else's, mm-hmm. which I really respected. And that's kind of the way I coach nowadays. It's that my philosophy of train them where they're at, mm-hmm. you know, don't say, Hey, you got to run 60 miles a week. First week. Well, good luck. I'm probably going to quit. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, just can't, I just can't do it. Yeah. So yeah, I decided to join. Obviously it was one of the best decisions I think I ever made because I don't think I'd be sitting here today if I didn't do it. Awesome. Well, you know, you were talking about the coaching piece a little bit. Um, what made you want to become a coach? Was there kind of a moment whenever you were, like, something you saw your coaches do for you that were that you were like, man, like, I would love to get the opportunity to coach young kids and put mm-hmm. my own philosophy in? Like, what, what kind of made you want to turn that way? I think I, yeah, I was already kind of starting to go along that route of, like, knowing the, that you have to train people where they're at. You have to just try to understand them, mm-hmm. like, from all points of view, like, whatever they're going through, whatever experience they have. Uh, I don't know, it's one of those things I'm like, about giving back, is yeah. just being able to give that knowledge to other people. Because the way I was coached was to the point where once you got out of college, you could continue doing this on your own. You could continue training yourself and building your own training programs without a lot of help, mm-hmm. you know, without yeah. this one-size-fits-all approach. So that, you know, getting that knowledge from what I had in college, one, you know, helped me want to be able to give that to other people, you know, so that they could have the same experiences that I did. Gotcha. And you definitely weren't getting that in high school. No. <laughs> Was high school like, hey, run 60 miles this week, we'll, we'll see you next week? No, I think, I'm just curious I honestly think that. we did way too much speed. Hmm. The dis- I mean, distance runners have to incorporate speed in their training. You know, you have to go faster than what you would in a race, but there wasn't enough of the distance piece. Mm-hmm. You know, the longer runs weren't added to part of our training. So I think that's why I got burnt out. It sounds kind of backwards to somebody not running, like wouldn't more miles burn you out more right. than doing a lot of speed. It's just because the speed has a more taxing toll on the body, especially when you try to do that. Plus add all the mileage to it. You're just hitting, you're just hitting people with two, you know, pretty destructive types of training yeah that sounds terrible yeah uh yeah i don't i don't know i would i could i could see what you're saying though mm-hmm. you know it makes sense to me anyways i don't yeah. know like Definitely. all these bursts are just taking it's almost like taking shots each time you have to do it just taking a punch and then mm-hmm. over time it's going to wear you out and especially so. when you want to rate when you're racing you know i'm not going to get into the science of all this but you're using as a distance runner using a heavier dose of a certain type of training but when you don't train that piece how can you run fast in a longer distance race because you, ha- you have speed, you can go faster, but it's not going to last very long. Right. Short bursts instead of a, mm-hmm. a long marathon, if you will, where you can increase your speed over the whole, t- the whole long distance. Right. Right? Am I, put- mm-hmm. am I picking yeah, up what yeah. you're putting down? Yeah, I'm just yeah. trying to make sure. You're on the right track. Carlos is looking at me like, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just trying to understand, okay? <laughs> okay. Um, next question I have, you, you kind of already touched on this a little bit, but, you know, it's about, it's about what you enjoy most about coaching. I mean, you, you kind of said... You know, you were you were talking about training people the right way and giving back. But is there anything you know on like a day to day basis when you're with your athletes, whether it's been at previous stops or like here at Shepherd? Is there anything that you're like, man, this is what I really enjoy, and more of a you know a, a specific type answer rather than just mm-hmm. giving back? You know, is there something you can pinpoint? They to get them to believe in the training, I think is big. You have to explain everything. Like you, you have to explain what a workout is for and how it's going to help them down the road. The biggest part of distance running is patience. You're not going to see results just like you know the next day. It's going to take time. But I think for them is them understanding it, having the workout go the way it's supposed to go, and them seeing that progress firsthand is one of those. Like it keeps them coming back. It keeps me coming back, and just to see their breakthroughs because you know you want to peak at the end of a season. Everybody does, mm-hmm. but everybody wants to have those immediate results, and in cross-country, mm-hmm. you don't get that. 
Like you feel a little, you know, small differences week by week, but you have to really wait till the end of the season to where you start feeling the, oh, this is what all this was for. This is why I put in the work. This is why I put in the work. So like when people hit that peak, whether it's, you know, middle or the end of the season, when they, when they finally put in the work, the patience with you, when they, when they peak and they hit that point, you kind of just get most of your enjoyment as a coach from kind of seeing them hit that. Is, yeah. that, is that what mm-hmm. you mean? Yeah. I can see how that'd be pretty rewarding. Yeah. Some, such a long process. Mm-hmm. It finally pays off. It takes months. <laughs> it and, takes and months years. And, and years. years. Man, I don't know if I'm patient. I don't think I'm patient enough to be a coach. I would be the guy who, like, you're trying to, you're trying to, like, teach me, and I'd be, after one week, I'd be like, okay, I want to go run this. And like, Andy, you're not ready yet. And I right. would not be ready yet, and I would still <laughs> want to go do it, and then I'd get frustrated and quit. Like, that, I'm just telling you, that's probably me, so. It's a lot of people. It's a lot it's, of people. Okay, it's, it's on it the definitely, line. Yeah, okay. It's definitely, yeah. So well, this is kind of a sidebar, but <laughs> when people, like, who are just generally trying to get into shape, and I'm talking cross-country, they go too hard too fast. They say, well, I want to get to this weight. I want to be I want to be able to run this far, lift this much. They go too hard too fast, and then after a month, they already feel burnt out. Right. That's because they're not – got to start where you're almost comfortable. And even though a lot of things might not be comfortable, you got to go low enough to the point where you can handle it and then work yourself up. Right. But, that again, that takes the patience piece. Right. And you have to stick to it. Right. It's a, it's, it goes back to the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know I definitely, like, because I like to, you know, do some weightlifting and stuff like that, so Carly will, like, want to come with me to the gym, and I'm like, throw that weight on there, (laughs) throw five more pounds, she's like, Carlos, I can only do ten, throw twenty on there, like, I don't even care, I'm just racking the weight on, and then the next day she's like, Carlos, I don't think I like going with you very much, (laughs) and you blew it, man, (laughs) she's like, you're always trying to do so much weight, and it hurts me, (laughs) And she never goes with you again? No, she... Normally now, like, she just goes off and does her own thing, and then I go into mine. So, I mean... Sounds about right. It is what it is. That's a good point, though. I mean, what you said, it, you know, you got to start where you're at and work up. So it's gradual. I like that. That's there, There's your there's your thing to take from this podcast yeah. right there. And my thing was always, like, you got to get out of your comfort zone. You've been lifting this weight for, you know, years. I was like, you got to get out of your comfort zone. I feel like you need both, though. Like, at some point, yeah. you do have to move you do up, to push right? yourself. Right. right. But you can't do it all at once. Yep. And that's why Chuck's the coach. Yep, and I'm not. And you're just I'm chilling. just the podcast guy. You're just the podcast. It's I like very that. important. <laughs> Can I call you that, the podcast guy? I like you that. Can if you want. All right. Um, so, that makes a lot of sense. I, 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 I can see how that would definitely be rewarding and, and be something you would enjoy from being a coach. My next question kind of... Could you outline maybe, so in college, you're like, hey, I kind of want to do this coach thing. Can you maybe outline your path, kind of maybe from when you graduated or first dabbled in the coaching circuit to what led you to this position at Shepherd? Give us a little bit of an overview on maybe your path since then. Okay. So I started coaching. So I teach at Martinsburg High School. I have taught math there for nine years. This is my ninth year. Uh, but I started coaching the moment I got there because I wanted to be part of the program. Um, but surprisingly, I was never the head coach. I guess surprisingly, I don't know, it depends on how you look at it, but I, I coached there for six years uh, across country, but then I got, I started coaching track and field, so I, it was a lot, so I kind of gave up the one for the other, um, and was the head coach the last couple of years ever at Martinsburg for track. Uh, of course, one of those years was in the middle of COVID, um, but, and then I kind of got this idea, and actually came from a buddy of mine who had this dream of like, wanting to have track and field here. We were more on the track and field kick then, but in my head, I was like, why not do both? Get cross country and track and field here. So that's my little plug, you know, and Chauncey already knows, of course, that (laughs) I I pitched both of those things to him, cross country and track and field. It was probably a little less than two years ago, um, right after my season had ended, and it was crazy. It was coincidence. Call it what you want. He had the idea in his head the same time I did. He you know, our conversation w- went very well. He had, like, a cross-country flyer that he was going to post to try mm-hmm. to get, like, some interest and all that. But, uh, you know, I kind of came in at the right time, I guess, from, from his point of view. Sometimes that's what it's about, right? Yep, it's all about timing. timing. Yep, timing. I know, because I, I, I can echo that, because, like, like I said earlier in the pod, like, I remember I got that comment a lot from people, whether it's, a, you know, at a football game talking to a fan or a donor, you know, this is great, but... And I like running. When is, when is cross-country coming back? 
Like you would be, you probably already know Chuck, but I was, I was like surprised at how many people were like genuinely curious about, you know, can we get this sport back? Mm -hmm. Because the community is, I mean, it's a strong running community here, right? Yeah. It's it's huge. From the high school level, you saw it, but. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So like the, I mean, the Freedoms Run race that goes on around here, it's a huge event. You know, Mark is an excellent proponent for the you know, running community. I, I honestly was surprised when I moved down here and just how much there is. Of course, there's like tons of places to run and just the atmosphere. Everybody runs around here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see them all the time. It's true. I kind of, I feel like <laughs> I saw Justin Colorado, Colorado yeah. the other day. Yeah, we did. Justin and Luke was out there running. So yeah. Okay. Um, so what does it take? I mean, I know you, you talked about like you and Chauncey had that conversation about starting the program. What is it really taken to start it, building it from the ground up? You know what I mean? So, I mean, we had, we, we started with a club. You know, you always want to kind of start it that way to see what kind of interest you get. Um, you know, and I had some people come out. Some, some of those people aren't, you know, on the team mm-hmm. now. Uh, they didn't want to really do it competitively or anything, which I can respect. Uh, you know, a lot of that core group is still here, and that's a lot of what my team is. But it does, you have to get word out. It's, you know... The running communities around here, you know, so like my contacts with coaches in the area that I know of and, you know, around in like Southern Maryland and Northern Virginia, I mean, running is not just in this little eastern panhandle part, it's bordering states. Uh, but it does, I mean, you got to fundraise, you got to do recruiting, it's all those things that I'm learning about, you know, as I go into this, because this is my first gig as a college coach. Right. So there's some struggles, I'll be perfectly honest, I'd if I could say this on air, I mean, recruiting is my number one struggle. But maybe it's because of COVID. I don't know if that's made it harder. But I know I know in the future this program will grow. I'm not worried about it. Mm-hmm. It's just going to take a little time. I feel like especially when it comes to recruiting, like that's a skill you have to learn. Yeah. Like you, like, and I feel, and maybe I, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but in my mind, I feel like that's a, a skill you learn just by doing, right? Like making a mistake and then, okay, how do I fix that for the next recruit? Or how, and then like while that's happening, learning kind of what you as a coach are looking for, like for your program, right? I mean, I think in terms of at least in my recruiting pitch, my philosophy is not the issue. It's just knowing how to sell it. And I, I'm, I'm not going to BS anybody. Like I'm going to tell you exactly what I want. And if you don't fit that mold, okay, I don't, it doesn't matter how talented you are. That's not going to be good for the team culture. Right. I don't, perceive it that way so I won't go after it I mean my philosophy is is simple you have to be a team player the culture is okay this does take time it does take patience you obviously have to be good in the classroom first um, which most most cross-country runners don't have that issue Um, they're pretty good academically and then you know be there for your teammates don't do not run for me do not run for the coach have a different purpose and the main purpose you need is to run for each other that's the biggest thing. When you get on that starting line and everybody's trained and done their piece, then, yeah, you can race with confidence and, and trust knowing that your teammates are going to do the exact same thing. I feel like those are some solid qualities yeah. to look for in a person yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you know, a cross-country runner or a teammate, whatever, pick a sport. I'm sure if we pulled all of our coaches in here right now, I think a majority of them would agree mm-hmm. with looking for kind of the same style of, of athlete. Somebody who puts the team and their teammates in the culture first. And are you fi- you're, are you finding that, you know, as you're out recruiting and, and getting some of the, the first crew into mm-hmm. this, that you're finding people who fit that mold? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's there's some athletes that I can get in here who will really benefit the culture of the team, which is and – and I tell my current athletes this. I said the culture is not – like I have my vision for it, like my culture, the expectations for the team and everything, but – you guys are the ones that have to make that go. Right. Like, I, I'll, I'll pilot it, but you have to continue it. Because if it always comes from me, okay, then it's just the coach. Right. And mm-hmm. not that the coach says or does, does things wrong, but athletes, they'll listen to each other, well, you know, most times before they'll listen to the coach, if, that, if I put it that right. Yes. Yeah, so, so you, right. yeah, so you, you know, you plant the seed, mm-hmm. and, you, and you try to water it with the knowledge and what you know as a coach, but really, you know. They're the ones who have to grow. And I molded, I you know, continue to mold the culture depending on how it's going. And then 
And like I said, they got to they got to keep themselves accountable. You keep yourself accountable, and then you hold each other accountable. When somebody does something wrong, you gotta you gotta say something. There's definitely team culture right there. I like that. Absolutely, that's that's solid. So you kind of touched on this already as well, but COVID. You know, this is always a tough question that we ask. But you know, if you had to generalize, you know, what are some ways that COVID has really kind of impacted your program? You know, and maybe in unique ways too, because of how of how new you are. You know, what are what are some ways that COVID's kind of thrown a wrench into the system? So obviously, I think it's slowed everything down. Uh, we were supposed to start in the fall, but luckily, we'll hopefully have some races here in the spring. So there's that piece because my athletes have had to continue training with not a lot of races in mind. Which for a runner, that's what we set first. We know what race we're training for, and then we you know work our steps to that. So it's been harder mentally and physically to deal with that. You know, I just try to keep them like it's coming. Like, we're going to compete soon. It's, it's okay. So, yeah, and recruiting, um, there's not – it's been harder because there's not as many people racing. Like, high schools aren't racing unless they're, like, in a club. Um, West Virginia did, but even on a smaller scale. So some people are easier to find. Some people aren't. Some of your most talented athletes maybe didn't really run over the pandemic. So now it's like, do you really want them? Do you want to recruit them? Because to me – and of course, I'm not downplaying COVID whatsoever. It's you know it's a serious thing. But in terms of running, you don't unless you have COVID or around somebody that has COVID, running's never really affected by it. You can go out and run, right? Wherever you can be away from people, you can get you, know, you can do what you want. So I think there's freedom in that place uh, for that. But in terms of recruiting, I'm trying to recruit more people who have continued their training. Mm-hmm. Even if they're not technically improving a lot right now, if they're at least trying to be consistent, to me it means, okay, you weren't being pushed by anybody, like a coach, like expectations for racing or anything. You voluntarily went out on your own to continue training because you love to run, because you have your own goals. So that's kind of that part of my culture. Because what that translates to is, are you going to do off-season stuff? Right. Are you going to train during the winter and the summer? That honestly are the biggest parts of the year. You know, you got a fall season. If you don't train during the summer, don't expect too much in the fall. <laughs> what are you going to do sure. when my uh, when my eye is not directly over you? Right, right. You have to be self maturity regulated. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Self motivated. Totally agree. Um, so let's try to like get out of the COVID mess. I, I like hate talking about COVID so much, but you know we got to ask. It's it's a really yeah. important piece. You know we we ask it to most of our coaches here because. We know it does affect them, but, um, you know, taking a step back a little bit around here, where do you have your athletes train? So, I mean, we could train on campus. We can kind of start wherever and just find anywhere you want to run. Uh, a couple of my favorite places, obviously you have the canal, nice flat, probably for easier days. You know, you're not messing with any hills or, or whatnot. Antietam is a really good place because of course it's history. And besides everything's a hill over there. Right. Um, you can go over to Morgan's Grove Park, River Road, anything. I mean, there's so many places to – and I, I try to get them, you know, to some of those places throughout the season, you know, train in different areas. Gotcha. Put me on that flat ground all the time. <laughs> and also give me a segue. I'm then not we're a, good. I'm not a big hills person either, honestly. I can't even do stairs without <laughs> panting after. Those stairs oh. that we have to um, hit on oh, our way in here? Yeah. Oh, by the okay, time I hit my – Even as a distance runner <laughs> – Stairs are worse than hills. Amen, brother. Stairs Amen. are worse hey, than hills. I feel like validated now. You know? <laughs> I feel so much better about myself. <laughs> I, I bet it's cool, though, to run, in, especially in this area. It's just such a beautiful area of the country. Yeah. And, like, Antietam, I think, would be really interesting to run through because, you know, you get that, that history aspect, like you said, too. I feel like I need something to distract me when I run because I can't just, Carlos, we've talked about this. I can't just run to run. Like, more power to y'all. But like I need something to do. A basketball. Yeah, give me a ball. Rollerblades. Whatever. But rollerblades. Does Carlos still do that? <laughs> I, Carlos does. You see him blading down the highway. But I, I feel like I could make an exception. Like if I was training with you guys, which I don't want to do, by the way. Let's just make that clear. <laughs> but if I was, if I was, at least like if you give me like a, a like beautiful scenery or something like history that I can like think about while I'm dying, then uh, then I'm in. But I like that. That's cool. So. Outside of the running aspect, is there, you know, other types of training that you find, like, crucial for your runners? 
believe it or not, distance runners still need to strength train. Yeah. You still have to be in the weight room. Yeah, I figure. Um, because of how much mileage you're putting on your bodies, you got to be durable somehow. Right. Um, and it's something I used to never do. Um, but strength training is a big piece. Now, we don't go in there and, like, hulk out like you do, I'm sure. But. <laughs> uh, like Charlie does? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, we get in there and we, you know, we pretty much train everything. We don't focus on certain muscle groups. And, honestly, most people will think, distance runners, you train upper body? Like, yeah, arms arms feed the legs. Like, your arm motion dictates what your legs do. So, yeah, your upper body has to be strong, too. So, I mean, the strength training, I recommend yoga. I'm more or less terrible at it. But yoga is one of those things that really stretches you out. I love you, yoga. It is. It is good. But you can just turn everything off and just... Go through some poses. So, quick side story. I did hot yoga one time in Pittsburgh. My first time ever. And, like, I thought I was, like, in really good shape. But I'm not, like, a stretcher. You know what I mean? So, I got in there. And they have the temperature jacked up to, like, 100 degrees. I'm sweating. And these girls are doing, like, this downward dog. Like, I can barely do that. And I'm getting stretched out everywhere. And my whole body's just on fire. Cause like I'm stretching muscles that I didn't even know I had, and then and then by the time by the time I got in in my vehicle after I was done, my shirt was completely drenched, and I felt like a slinky man. I felt like I was just all over the place. Great feeling though. I, rec- I recommend it to everybody, and I've never done it since. So you're echoing. You're, <laughs> that's good. So you're echoing what Chuck's saying. Yoga is where it's at. Yes. Okay. It is. Hundred percent. Okay. So there's like strength training yoga. I mean, you can do different circuits but i mean that's all strength training or yoga related i guess i mean you can good cross training though is like anything hiking biking swimming uh getting into any of that if you, especially if you're just your legs are just beat up from running mm-hmm. get a good swim workout in no yeah. impact you know it works your upper body a lot too your lungs you know i don't don't necessarily just want it to be running all the time right because it just it either gets old or it just takes a lot out of you. Gotcha. Hurts the knees. Hurts the knees. Is that is that where the like the common uh, injuries are? Knees, hips. Yeah, I mean shin splints. Like shin splints are more for newer. Why did I ask this I'd question? Say newer runners. I've never had those. No, I'm not. Thank you, God. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Okay. Yeah, hopefully never go. <laughs> yeah, that sounds uh, terribly painful. So, first competition. You said. We're supposed to start in the fall, as we all know. Uh, we've all gone over this many times in this pod with every coach, uh, COVID through a wrench and everything. So you're thinking spring? Mm-hmm. Is that it's like you, a winter slash spring? What's uh, just a Ram Nation kind of has an idea? Um, you know, can you walk us through maybe some of the competitions you're trying to get into, or maybe we're in, or or just kind of your plan? So it'll be pretty small. The I just found out today actually because the conference told us to put together some meets that anybody willing to host mm-hmm. just to get some other stuff in if we can uh one i just found out today that we're hoping to get into is on march 6th uh it's at shippensburg i think it'll be us ship in millersville it's kind of a small meet nice to just get out and run yeah know, be able to actually compete and then the other one the conference is deciding to let us do the conference championship which is nice. fantastic uh that'll be on march 20th and it'll be at lock haven the biggest thing, of course, it's an afternoon race, which cross-country is normally not. Mm. It's normally a morning race. Really? Right. Yeah. Um, but because of schools having to do, like, day trips, mm-hmm. not spend overnight anywhere, yep. mm-hmm. they pick Lock Haven because it's more central in the conference, and, you know, we'll do some afternoon races and then, of course, drive back. That's the only two that I know of for right now, and two is better than zero. Yeah, that is true. Quick question. So, let's say they win a championship. Do they get rings? I feel like that's a question for Chuck. Do you get rings? I feel like I should know that answer, but I don't know that answer. I never... I think rings come down, man. If you're champion of the conference, you should get rings. That would be nice. what sport you are. That would be nice. We're all about rings and degrees on this podcast, if you didn't already know that. Say it the other way. Degrees and rings. Well, of course. <laughs> it sounds better with rings and degrees. <laughs> degrees and rings. It does, but I know. Priorities. Sorry. <laughs> we need like a disclaimer when we say rings and degrees. Just like a blanket disclaimer that says degrees are more important than yeah, rings. Put it, in, put it like an asterisk or Side like, Yeah. Uh, what about, you know, obviously I know this, this is in the future, um, but you know, have you put any thoughts together about Shepard hosting a meet of our own? Yeah. So, I mean, there's not a whole lot in the works yet, but the only place I was told of, and I haven't had contact yet, or haven't reached out would be Taylor farm. I don't know how much ground there is there or if somebody, whoever 
runs that. I mean, I know Shepard owns that ground, as far as I know. But it would be nice to kind of maybe see what I can do to build a course out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I'm sure I could find somewhere, like San Michael's Park, but then again, you have to, like, rent it out or something, you know, because somebody else owns it. But it would be nice to host some meets here. But it's in the future, like, you're thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. I was just curious, because maybe you're It's always nice to have a home course. Because then, anytime anybody comes here, well, you've trained on that course. You know the ins and outs. Right. So, it's kind of an advantage, yeah. A little advantage. Okay. Cool. So when did you say the first date was? March 6th. March 6th. Awesome. Awesome. Well, to kind of, you know, look at your season that's coming up, what do you think are the biggest factors in order for you guys to have a successful year? Stay consistent with training. That's it's always a big thing. Mm-hmm. Try to, you know, mitigate injuries if if they come up even though our athletic training staff is wonderful. Um yeah, try to keep that down. Now, granted, they it's a shorter season, so normally you would have trained, you know, a couple months before you even get into races. So it really depends on what I find out next week when we start practices, how much training they have had right. over the past six to eight weeks, how much they've done on their own. If they've done a pretty good job with that, then, you know, we just keep going, um, you know, through into March. So we'll see. I don't really know the answer to that one yet. Gotcha. Pathfinding, man. This is the first time for a lot of this stuff, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So you're trying to figure it out, like what success even looks like in your mind for this team. It's just continuing to grow. Yeah. Learn about yourself. Learn about what you're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. You know, reaching. You know, breaking your limits, setting new, setting new goals, and just keep keep going up. Yeah. And I mean, you're kind of touching on it now, but like, you know, if if you had to sit down. And maybe you're just like writing down your goals for this year for the men's and women's program. Like, what do you hope to achieve in this first year? So I think, I mean, obviously the the culture piece is more forefront to me. I mean, I know results eventually. Will, to me, results will they'll take care of themselves. You have the culture. You have you know you progress throughout the season. You do your training. You do what you're supposed to do. You take care of all the little details. You're going to find success. I mean, when I coached at Martinsburg, my first year as a head coach, our girls won a regional championship. Not something they'd done in years. I don't know when the last time they did, but our precedent going in was train correctly. You know, do everything you're supposed to, build your culture, and they took they took it from there. They won the first meet of the year, and then they just kind of, you know, spent the whole rest of the season on a on a high of like, mm-hmm. hey, we we are this good. Mm-hmm. So I mean, eventually, I you know I see it getting to that point. Here, it's a pretty small team. Technically, we don't have full teams yet. We have four and four, which in cross country you need at least five. Mm-hmm. So unless I can scrounge somebody else out of the out of the campus, throw Andy a scholarship, well, man. I immediately look to the floor. You see that? I was like, <laughs> no, don't call on me. But we'll see. I mean, I think down the road, yes. I mean, I absolutely want to win races, championships, the whole way up. It. I mean, I who doesn't have that goal? I was going to say, I would be concerned if you were like, no, I'm good. We, you know, just wanna, we don't need to win. It's just the way you get there. That's the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the journey, right? Absolutely, man. So what's, um, you know, kind of working towards the end of our, our question segment here, you know, what do you have any messages to, to give to Ram Nation about the team? You know, you know any, anything you want them to know specifically from, from the head coach? Um, I know it's a it's a broad question, but I wanted it to be kind of broad so you could kind of bring up anything that you wanted to. I think, I mean, obviously, whatever support we've gotten so far, you know, whether that be through donors or just by word of mouth, people being like, oh, Shepard has cross country again, and that's fantastic. Like, it's just the appreciativeness that I have for that, that people see the running community and how it's going to benefit or how Shepard cross country is going to even increase that more in this area. You know, obviously, running, we're, we're kind of a tight-knit group. We all understand. Anybody who's a runner who's been doing this long enough, they understand the ins and outs of what running or even exercising in general is like. So we're pretty, we're pretty close in that regard. Just, I mean, just being thankful for anything and everything up to this point and where it's going to go in the future because it's going to go places that I probably can't even imagine. <laughs> Which is good. Yeah. yeah. Definitely a bright future ahead, Ram Nation, if you guys want to uh, reach out. And uh, learn more about the program, or or you know talk talk about how you can help. Um, just reach out to him, and uh, and I'm sure we'll we'll find a good place for you. But definitely excited to to see this 
program or these programs come on board and start to grow. And, you know, yeah, COVID kind of changed some things up, but we're on the right path now. We're here. We're here. So anyways, you know, I figure we get on to the more fun part of this segment. You know, we'll kind of shift away from the questions a little bit and get into this or that. Uh, Andy already touched on it. You already kind of know what it's Mm -hmm. like. Uh, Andy, you want to ask the questions or you want me to ask them? You ask them. I asked them last night. All right, because then you can chime in as well. Oh, I have to answer two? Yeah. Okay. All right, I'll give my two cents. All right, Chuck. Ice cream or snow cones? Ice cream. I mean, I have to give a reason, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know. I just probably don't have too much experience with snow cones. I guess I don't. Have, haven't had them too many times. Have you ever had a lollipop? Not the lollipop. Yeah, I was say not. But it's this thing where they put shaved ice, they put a layer of ice cream, shaved ice, ice cream. And you can get whatever flavor you want. So if you get like vanilla ice cream in there and you get root beer flavored snow cone, mm. it's a root beer float. That's like, so basically that's both to this, right? Like, yeah. Like this, that's like the both thing. Yeah. So. There's nothing better. Huh. Sweet tea. sounds good. Sweet tea's on old forty. It, Sweet tea's on old forty. That's my plug. They have them. We got a new. We got a new sponsor. <laughs> um. Okay. I have to answer. Yeah. I feel like I can understand. Like, like I feel like snow cones can be a little bit intimidating, right? Like if you don't know what you're doing and shaved ice, you're kind of like <laughs> intimidating. This is, this is a little intimidating to me. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and stick with the mint chocolate chip scoops. You know, like I'm gonna go to Nutters oh. over here. No, Nutters is a great place. <laughs> What? Mint you got chocolate. something? Carlos got something to say? Dude, mint chocolate chip. So, I just threw a flavor out there. I'm sorry. <laughs> so mint wrong. chocolate chip is good. Don't mint get me wrong. Mint chocolate chip is good. Yeah, chocolate chip. Okay, what what would you go with then? You're, oh, you're dude, not a mint I'm, chocolate chip guy. I'm a strawberry sundae guy. Straight up and down. A little whipped cream, strawberry topping. If it's fresh, even better. I need I need some candy in there, though. I need like a, like a Reese's like, or an M&M's. Oh, M&M's I was going to say chocolate or was like gummy bears? Chuck has the sweet frog oh, and, and dumps the. Uh, yeah. You're that guy. Dump the, there. You're dump that the whole guy. thing in there. Got like a couple little, 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 little bit of ice cream and yeah. then it's like a thing of gummy bears. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel you. I, I would go ice cream if I have to answer the question. Okay. I, just, I mean, snow cones are great, don't get me wrong, but I'd go ice cream. Okay. Next one Hot tub or the swimming pool? Hot tub. I will be perfectly honest, I don't really know how to swim. So. Really? Okay, Chuck. Uh, yeah, hot tub. It's just relaxing. I mean, set it at 100 degrees and just... Just marinate for a while. Melt your worries away. Literally yeah. melt them. Yeah. <laughs> but you, Andy? I mean, that's such a tough question because it depends on the circumstance, but um, I would say hot tub too, man. I'm, I'm old. When I was a kid, I was like, I would like, go in the hot tub and jump in the pool, get all cold, and then go back, go back to the hot forth. tub and just keep doing that. Which is totally bad for your body, but... It's yeah, when, yeah. Was, when I was like 10, I didn't care, oh, sure. man. I was like, this is fun. I feel like I'm cool, so I'm going to do this, but no, hot tub, man, all day. I think I'm probably a swimming pool type of guy. Like laps? I mean, I could do both. Carly has like this perfect pool where it like comes up to like your midsection, sort of. So if it's really hot out, man, they have, a, they have a heated pool, which is also a big factor. So, I mean, you're pretty much in a hot tub, just a little cooler. Yeah. I was going to say, if it, I mean, if it's like 100 degrees outside, then yeah. Yeah. And you the, can the move around. The pool will still be like 80 degrees and yeah. Yeah. feel... That's why I said it's a hard question because it's so so vague. Circumstantial. Right. Gotcha. All right, next one. Yeah, forgive you. Would you rather go to a concert or a live Steelers game in your case? So a live live game, live sporting event. Probably Steelers. I mean, I'm a big Steelers fan. I actually have never been to a Steelers game before. Wow. Do you have a towel? Yes. Okay. Of course. I feel like that's what you have to to do. Not just a towel. Myron Cope's official... Steelers terrible towel. Okay. Wow. So next up, you got to go to a game. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you got to get there. Especially if Big Ben comes back for one year, you got to at least go see him once live. Yeah, that's true. And then, you know, whatever. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. About you? Come on. I love concerts, don't get me wrong. They're fun. But no. Give me a live sporting event. Same. Like hockey, basketball, anything. Hockey, hockey, is, are good. hockey is one of those. It's, it's, an, it's intense. It's sneaky fun to go to live. Like on TV, you can kind of blow yourself to sleep a little bit. You still have to try to follow the puck, though. That's always hard to do. Right, yeah, that's, that can be sometimes difficult. I might get shamed for this, but I went to a uh, Penguins-Flyers game one time, and I was like, all right, great, like, I'm not a hockey guy. I've only ever been, well, that was my first game. And I was like, 
not a big hockey guy, but at least there's going to be a fight. Like, they hate each that's other. That's true. Like, that's just their quote. Like, they, they're born to hate each other. So I was like, all right, there'll be a fight. Like, one thing I can get excited about. There wasn't a fight the whole time, and I felt like they couldn't have been any friendlier to each other. And I ended up falling asleep while I was there. So I, I didn't really like it. That's I'm not a hockey guy. That's a shame. You went yeah. down in my book. Mark. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, man. Gotta go to minor league hockey. Growing up, we had a minor league team. That's where it's at. That's where you see fights. Minor league guys, they got nothing to lose. That's where they the savages get out there. Are. Yeah, they want to yeah. get out there and just be like, you know what you said about me yesterday mm-hmm. in last night's game? It's going to come out today. <laughs> we'll be standing in the face-off circle yelling across each other like, you want to fight? Puck <laughs> drops, gloves drop exactly. immediately. See so we'll go to some minor league games, man. We got to go to minor league. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, next. Would you rather have... A hundred million in cash or an IQ of one forty five. Why an IQ of one forty five? That's not a number. But to make you think I would have a hundred million. Because I mean I don't know what my IQ actually is. It's probably not. I was gonna say you're a, you're a math terrible. guy, you might I'm be out there guy, so right now. It's probably okay, but I wouldn't know how to invest the hundred million. Gotcha. I, I'm not just gonna just spend and you know lose all the money I haven't invested so or a good portion of it and help others isn't it weird how like once you think about like winning the lottery you're like who am I going to give money to first in my circle you guys ever think about that no because yeah. I, I, my first thing I think about is who am I hiring as my lawyer and my financial advisor I'm yeah, not, you'd have I'm to not there yet first. Carlos is the I'm guy who's like yet. wait you were my friend in third grade here's 100k you were my friend in fourth grade here's 100k I didn't like you. Get out of my sight. Like, that's you. I would be mostly helping out family first. Then a few friends. Depending. Dump. I'm not going to bore Ram Nation. I got it all planned out. I think everybody has it all planned out in the back of their mind. Mine's in there. I, I feel like there's two ways you can go with this. You can either do the 100 million, right? And like invest it. If you're confident in your abilities now. My other thing that we were talking about earlier was, and I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know what, like, the average IQ is. I don't know anything about that stuff. But, like, let's, let's see, like, 145 is pretty, pretty good, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, see, like, what's the max? I don't know what the max is. I don't even Like, know. what, 70s? Like, I, I honestly have no idea. Probably in, like, the 200s. Okay, so, like, 145 is, like, if it's 145 is, like, this guy's smart. Like, he knows what to do. He's talented. But, like, like you could you could be that and then make $100 million yourself. With like, so say new ideas. That's like that's like the that's the lollipop, if you will, of this yeah, thing. Right. Like, having the both. Like it would be one thing if it was like, would you rather like... have a hundred million and have an IQ of like eighty, or would you rather be broke but have an IQ of like one forty five? Like to me that makes more sense. Can I turn that question? Go for it. So say that again. You you said have an IQ of or be broke but have an IQ of one Like a really, really low, like, really low IQ. The other way. You said higher IQ but be broke. Right, right. That's the other side of that. Because to me, it would be you have that high of an IQ, you're going to find a way to not be broke anymore and then work your way back. Was that not the way I answered this question earlier myself? I said, give me the IQ because I'll find my own way to make money. (laughs) I feel like you can't go wrong either way. Yeah, yeah. If you're not going to throw in the caveat that like you have $100 million, but you're dumb. Agreed. Which I would probably be that, so. That's more of the lottery winner type thing. Yes. Like Carlos handing out 100k <laughs> to everyone who ever just everyone name. in my circle. No, no one from third grade. Chip, Chip's driving a new like Lambo to work the next day. I'm throwing Chip a bone, no question. <laughs> He's gonna be riding in here on the caddy. <laughs> okay, well, enough with this question. I like it. Um, that is all we have for this or that. I mean, that's pretty easy, wasn't? It? I feel like yeah. we gave you easy ones. Today. I was still curious. I was wondering where I was going to go. And we like to do random. Random is what we like. Yeah. As you saw, it, it provided some conversation, mm-hmm. so we're good. Um, real quick, Ram Nation, you know, if you're listening to this, you probably already know how to find us on, on all of our social media and podcast channels, but for those who maybe stumble across, uh, shepherdrams.com is the website for all things regarding Shepherd University Athletics, so if you want to find more about Chuck, cross-country, how to donate, how to be involved, etc., go to shepherdrams.com. You can figure it out there. Um, but you can also access the podcast on shepherdrams.com or follow us on social media, Twitter, 
is at SU Rams Official or on Facebook at SU Ram Nation Official. If you follow us on either of those or both of those platforms, you will be up to date with all the news, everything that's going on uh, with Beyond the Horns and just Shepherd University Athletics in general. So that is that. Carlos, what do we got uh, coming up next week? Anything? So next week it'll be another edition of our Unsung Hero Chronicles. Okay. We're going to have a special guest. I'm not going to tell Ram Nation yet. It'll be a surprise, but we're going to have someone here from the office who has, you know, a job that they've been, you know, busting their butt on, and maybe they don't get as much credit as as they deserve, but we're going to give them some love and give them their flowers. So cool. That's what we got next. That sounds good. I like that. I always love the unsung heroes, just because you get to learn. I feel like people get to learn, uh, like a. a, a position, I guess, is the word I'm looking for in athletics, in the athletics wheel that you don't think of, right? So, like, everyone thinks of, okay, coach, assistant coach players, right? Athletic director. Those are, everyone knows those. But, like, when we had Meg on, the person is an integral piece of the money flow of the athletics department. It's kind of fun, in my mind, to parameter to know Meg a little bit and her position. So, we're going to do another one of those next week. Uh, should be Should be pretty good. You won't know until you listen next week, which is Awesome. I kind of like doing the surprise stuff, too. Me, but. too. Chuck, before we close this thing out, man, shout out. You got anything you want to shout out? Shout out your mom. Shout out, I don't know, your team. Any mess- last-minute message? The floor is yours for a little bit, man. What do you want to say? I mean, my family is probably listening because I told them about it this past weekend. So hopefully I did a good job on that. <laughs> but in terms of the team, I mean, get ready to roll. We roll next week. Man, I'm fired like up. It. Now. I like it. Can we roll, too, in the office? <laughs> I'm going to be sitting my my computer typing away. <laughs> Ready to roll. All right. Well, that sounds good. Ram Nation for Chuck Walters and Carlos Calderon and myself. Thank you again for listening to episode 17 of Beyond the Horns. We look forward to chatting with you all next week. But until then, have a good weekend and go Rams.